It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Friday, July 9th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Five more Sitkins tested positive for the coronavirus on Thursday, and three more hospitalizations were reported. The new patients range in age from a child under 10 to a woman in her 80s, according to city data. All of the patients were experiencing symptoms when they received testing Thursday. One of the cases is listed as secondary, meaning they had known contact with a patient who tested positive. Contact tracing is still in progress for the other four patients. The city's rolling COVID rate is now the highest it has been since December. Sitka's biggest COVID outbreak was in November. At its peak, the city was averaging around five new cases a day. In the last week, five hospitalizations have been reported, almost doubling Sitka's hospitalization rate for the entire epidemic, with 11 total. In a press release issued Thursday, Fire Chief Craig Warren said the city would begin publishing new cases' vaccination status to the COVID dashboard. Since the beginning of the pandemic, local health officials have reported 424 local coronavirus cases. 29 cases are active, according to city data. A New Mexico woman will spend 20 years in prison without parole for pulling the trigger in a drug hit three years ago in Sitka. In passing sentence, Superior Court Judge William Carey said the offense committed by Christina Quintana was the worst he had seen in a drug-related case in his 40-year legal career. A word of caution, some details in this story may not be appropriate for all listeners. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. In a negotiated agreement, the state dropped all charges against 35-year-old Christina Quintana except one, assault inflicting serious injury with a weapon. Quintana and an accomplice, Andrea Avalos, were arrested by Sitka police in March of 2018 following an incident in which Quintana first pistol-whipped a woman and then shot her in both legs in a drug deal gone sour. Police used a riot control grenade to extract the pair from a yacht in Sitka's harbor where they had been squatting. Quintana and Avalos had flown to Sitka from New Mexico just two days prior to the assault. Quintana had three outstanding felony warrants in other states at the time. Police characterized the pair as enforcers in the illegal drug trade, out-of-town muscle imported to intimidate local traffickers. At least five other people were arrested in connection with the incident, and they, along with Quintana and Avalos, were all subsequently charged by the state and indicted on federal drug conspiracy charges. In imposing a 20-year sentence on Quintana on June 28th, Superior Court Judge William Carey said he had seen nothing so callous in four decades as a defense attorney and judge. It went way beyond anything that we're typically going to see in a drug case. And for their collection, as I understand it, this was done uh, in furtherance of the collection of a drug debt. 20 years is the maximum sentence for the charge, a so-called worst offender finding. The deal will keep Quintana behind bars for the full 20 years with no chance at parole, serving both her state and federal sentences at the same time. She'll also spend most of that time in isolation. Citing her long and complicated criminal record going back to 2003, Judge Carey agreed with the attorneys for both the state and the defense that there didn't seem to be much of an alternative for Quintana 
even for a 35-year-old. I don't know that there's, there's anything more that can deter her other than keep her in prison for a substantial period of time. Quintana's attorney, public defender Dina Kale, said that the 20-year flat sentence was the preferred choice for her client since it meant that she would not have to serve state and federal sentences back-to-back. She also said that Quintana, who is serving time at the Highland Mountain Correctional Center in Eagle River, had held down a steady job during the COVID year and shown other signs of improving behavior. Judge Carey was encouraged by that news, but it wouldn't begin to offset Quintana's crime. Hopefully she'll be able to have some peace in her later years. That's a different question, though, for those who she's affected by her uh, conduct. I doubt the victims are ever going to forget it. And the community of Sitka will not likely forget this whole series of events for some time to be. Kerry agreed to strike some aggravating circumstances from the sentencing document, particularly references to the victim's children who were abducted by co-conspirators on the pretense of going to get ice cream while their mother and her partner were terrorized. It's fair to think that these children will be forever scarred by what happened here, Kerry said. That's just common sense. Several of Quintana's co-conspirators are scheduled for sentencing in the near future. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The first large cruise ship to visit Alaska since 2019 arrives this morning. Royal Caribbean's Serenade of the Seas cast off from the port of Seattle Wednesday for a short jaunt up to Ketchikan. It's a test sailing to satisfy requirements from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And as KRBD's Eric Stone reports, it'll kick off a cruise season like no other. When the Serenade of the Seas ties up on Friday, it'll be the first ship to visit Ketchikan since October 5th, 2019, 21 months ago. The fact that big ships are coming back is is really just so important for the economy of Ketchikan, and I think in the entire Southeast for that matter. That's Michelle O'Brien, the head of Ketchikan's Chamber of Commerce. Industry figures say more than half of all visitors to the state as a whole arrive on cruise ships. O'Brien says the economic boost the cruise industry brings to Ketchikan goes beyond tour operators and dock vendors. Ketchikan Visitors Bureau President and CEO Patty Mackey says the total loss to Ketchikan's economy in 2020 was upwards of a quarter billion dollars. It's passenger spending, it's the crew member purchases, it's uh, the state and local fees, as well as the uh, miscellaneous cruise line purchases, too. Um, We have a, a business here that sells salmon. But before they can welcome tourists aboard again, the CDC is requiring cruise lines to test their COVID-19 protocols with a so-called simulated voyage, says Cruise Lines International Association Senior Vice President Brian Salerno. And they go through basically all the paces, you know, making sure that all of the procedures are in place, everybody knows their duties, that they know how to handle emergencies. A Royal Caribbean representative not authorized to speak to the media says the Serenade of the Seas test voyage will carry some 300 passengers, largely Royal Caribbean employees and their guests who volunteered to serve as guinea pigs. Another 800 crew will also be aboard. Cruise lines can get around the simulated voyage requirement by mandating that at least 95% of passengers and crew are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. But Royal Caribbean told Cruise Industry News that it sees itself as a family brand. And, of course, young children are not yet eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. So it's opting for the test voyage. CLE Executive Salerno says that means there will be extra pandemic restrictions on board. 
the mask requirements are going to be in place and you know physical distancing will be in place so there will be some restrictions on on the population density in restaurants and casinos and, and and so forth you know on board the ship the off-ship experience will likely look a little different too there will simply be fewer people in port on any given day in Ketchikan, for example, the first week of August saw 27 port calls in 2019. This year, just seven, about 75% less. David Wrightson is co-owner of Huna Travel Adventures on Chichikov Island. He says with few passengers expected this summer, the usual business model just doesn't pencil out. We're not even going to pull the boats out for whale watching this season just because we're not, we're not seeing, you know, the numbers that, that would... Uh, justify the expense of the increased insurances and all those things on these bigger boats. Wrightson says he normally runs his business with 13 employees. Right now, he says he has just one. The challenges for tourism businesses don't stop there. Russell Thomas helps manage several tourism sector businesses in Ketchikan. He says without the typical passenger volume, it's difficult and costly to guarantee full-time work for his tour company staff. And the season is running later than usual. The last port call on the Alaska schedule is October 21st. And by then, the high school and college-age workers that often staff tourism businesses are back in classes. We're just planning on, you know, utilizing the people that we have year-round, our uh, bookkeepers and our managers and, uh, you know, our mechanics and whoever else that we can find that, uh, that, uh, you know, can drive a boat or drive a van or narrate a tour or whatever is going to be put to work. But while this summer's cruise season will be short, weirdly timed, and bring few passengers, it's better than nothing. And everyone's looking forward to a 2022 cruise season that looks just a bit more normal. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. A group of eight legislators aiming to recommend long-term changes to balance the state's budget met for the first time on Wednesday. Palmer Republican Senator Shelley Hughes is a member of the working group. She spoke at the meeting at the Anchorage Legislative Information Office. She said the group's recommendations will count if they can gain the support of legislators from all parts of the state. We want to put forward an actual workable, workable, realistic package a build-around consensus that will get the needed votes. And that's no easy thing, as we know, for the past six years. The state has been spending much more than it raises in revenue since oil prices fell in 2014. The working group may consider changing the formula for setting permanent fund dividends, lowering the maximum amount that the state government can spend, and raising new or higher taxes. And it may recommend that these changes be made in state law or through amendments to the Alaska Constitution. Legislative leaders' goal is for the working group's recommendations to be presented to the entire legislature for the next special session. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. This is